Hey, welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours. Uh, I am your host, Nathan, this week. Cassie is not with us. She's going to be hosting another podcast in a couple weeks, and she'll be hosting a lot of podcasts. But for today, you have me, for better or worse. Um, today, we're going to be talking about singleness and relationships. And today, I have Anna and Hope here with me, all the single ladies. I'm actually not single. I know. <laughs> I was like, I thought of that this morning, and I was like, oh, man, I can't say that. And Johanna's not here, so. Dang it. So, yeah, it's not really all the single ladies. But um, we uh, here at Chi Alpha really want to encourage and support people and help people navigate um, the various relational um, parts of their life and the phases that they're in. And so we really just wanted to do a series on uh, singleness because a lot of people that are listening are single and they want to be faithful to the Lord and they want to learn what singleness and faithfulness to the Lord looks like. And so we are going to be talking about that. Okay. Wonderful. I totally winged this intro. I forgot to write one. So I'm feeling pretty proud of Good myself. Good job. Good job, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, that was smooth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start off, hey, um, we are going to share kind of like our relational histories, like with dating and things like that. And uh, I'm going to go first. Um, my relational history is I actually was in a very long term relationship with a girl um, when, oh gosh, we started dating when I was 21. So this is like 15 years ago when I started dating her. Um, and we dated for four years. Um, she was a Christian. And uh, we actually did pre-E together. I was actually saving up for a ring. Um, And then we broke up, Hmm. which was a very, very good thing. It was a very unhealthy relationship in hindsight. Um, I was struggling a great deal with depression, and she didn't know how to to, uh, handle that. Um, And she also had her issues and her her own personal issues um, and things like that. And so we broke up. It was also... Pretty. It was just unhealthy in a lot of ways. It was very unhealthy. She she actually really relied on me for um, emotional support, um, and she uh, had a lot of uh, unhealthy family background that I had to help her work through. And uh, it was a the breakup was pretty civil. Like I didn't end up stalking her. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. I've had friends that did that after they broke up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just accept it with dignity. Um, We did talk like nine months later just to kind of like talk. Um, And that was a positive interaction. We didn't get back together. That wasn't the goal of the conversation. It was just kind of to like talk things through. Um, But I haven't talked to her since. Um, And that's okay. I don't even know what she's doing. Um, And yeah, it was... It was just an all-around unhealthy relationship. There was a lot of unhealthy things, I'm trying to think. Like, very physical, way too physical. Um, Very, um, um, one thing I really did learn from that relationship was that two unhealthy people don't make a healthier person. Um, A psychologist once told me that a lot of people think relationships are like addition, where you take a half person and a half person, you add them together and you get a whole. But in fact, he's like, actually, it's more like multiplication where you take half a person and half a person and you get a quarter. Mm-hmm. And they really end up compounding a lot of those issues. And it takes two really healthy people um, who are healthy independently of being in a relationship to actually support each other um, on an emotional level. And so uh, I personally... Uh, 
gosh, I added a question of like, do you hope to get married? My answer is complicated because I wrestle with the Lord about it a lot. I've been single for a very, very long time. Um, I've sworn off dating. How many times now? Like six times, five or six, a lot uh, for various reasons. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I do like the idea of marriage. Um, but ultimately, I, I'm, I understand that the Lord has to provide that for me and not me trying to engineer it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit about my single. Oh, I did ask one girl out. That was a disaster. There was like a triangle thing. Like her best friend was really into me, but I wasn't into her at all. I asked her out. Oh, no. And then the, oh, and the f girl that I asked out was trying to get me to ask her friend out, but I asked that girl out. Oh, and man. then the two of them like had a fight and it was just bad. It was not good. It's not good. I've had a, gosh, what else has happened in my life? Jeez. I've had a lot of weird relational things. I had like one or two girls ask me out that I was not really interested in. Um, had a number of other girls interested in me and I was in various phases of my life and I was just like, I'm not dating right now and, or just very mindful of like what was healthy for that person. So, and what was healthy for me. So, yeah. How about you girls, ladies? Well, I can go next. This is Anna speaking, by the way. Um, I, so my relationship history, I have dated two guys in the past and I am actually currently dating um, and so the first guy I was with was senior year of high school or excuse me senior year of college those are very different age ranges um, but that was about a year and a half or so and um, we started dating mainly because I, I, I was interested in a relationship because I was lonely and um, really liked the idea of being in a relationship. And this guy really seemed to be interested in me. And so I was like, hey, let's um, see what dating is like. And so I did. And we um, started talking about marriage within the first week of dating, which was fun. Um, in the time, I think we just like were, we were long distance at the moment. And so we just felt like we needed to have something that was exciting and that we were looking forward to or something like that. And um, he was a Christian, I was a Christian. And yeah, there's just, there's a lot of like messiness in that, but basically um, that set up a unhealthy trajectory for our relationship because we talked about marriage so soon. Um, and we ended up, yeah, we dated for about a year, year and a half or so. And it was just, um, really unhealthy kind of to go off of what Nathan was saying. Um, uh, really unhealthy, very, like a very physical relationship. Um, and, it was also, he really relied on me for a lot of emotional support. I was a full-time college student and working with the campus ministry at the time. And it was just, um, as a student, and it was just a really messy um, situation because he wanted to FaceTime like two or three hours each night mm -hmm. and then kind of know where I was during the day. So it was kind of like, oh, I need you to Snapchat me when you're out of class just so I know you're okay. And 
ended up being pretty um, manipulative and controlling. Um, but granted, I wasn't perfect either. I um, really leaned on him as well for emotional fulfillment and also um, didn't know how to set boundaries. And when I was mentored into setting boundaries, I tried and he was able to kind of talk me out of it or manipulate me out of it. Um, and I allowed myself, I was wishy-washy with that. I didn't stand my ground and, and didn't know what was healthy for me. Um, so we ended up breaking up. And the first thing I said to him was when I, when we went into that conversation was, you're not the man I'm going to marry. And he just like broke down in tears and it took us like five hours to break up. Um, but that whole, the whole reason I felt like I needed to be so blunt is because the whole relationship had kind of been all these questions and all this, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're feeling right now, but I'm tired of being pushed around and I really know what I need and I know what I need to break this off. And so I had to be as black and white as possible with this person. Um, so that was the first relationship for me. The second one, um, I wasn't, I had actually sworn off dating at this point, but I met someone and I didn't fulfill my vow to the Lord. Um, I actually disobeyed him in that. And um, it ended up being, uh, I would say even more unhealthy than the first relationship. And I really don't want to go into a lot of details because it was um, really painful and, and hurtful experience. Um, but it's taken me a long time uh, to heal from that. And that lasted for about six to eight months or something like that and uh, ended up having to send him an email telling him to stop contacting me uh, because it was really like at a stalker level um, and I same thing as with my first relationship I didn't know how to say no mm -hmm. and that was really unhealthy mm -hmm. and it was something that I realized I needed to learn so after that the Lord, um, after that happened, the Lord really invited me into this season of intentional singleness where he really wanted to um, heal my heart and um, give me space to uh, make sure to come back to him because I think I was running to these guys and running to these relationships when ultimately what I needed was Jesus and um, the ways that he would fill up my heart um, in the in the ways that I was looking um, at romantic relationships for so um, well I can go next this is hope um, so my first relationship was when I was 25 uh, and I um, the guy I started dating um, was a guy that uh, he and I had he was another campus pastor and we'd met um, uh, a couple years before we started dating and we were serving on the same campus and then he'd moved to work with uh, a campus in another part of the country and we reconnected at a conference and um, uh, we started like texting a lot after that um, and uh, there was like a week where we just texted each other a ton of texts every single day um, and had a lot of phone calls and um, and yeah we kind of were like oh I think kind of a funny conversation of 
figuring out we're like oh I think we're both interested in each other and we talked some more and then um, I just had some family stuff going on um, like a month after that and so I needed like a break to I had a couple grandparents pass away and so I needed a break to just sort of sort through all of that and I was um, actually getting ready to move to Corvallis so I needed to <laughs> some time but um, yeah he had been a good friend and uh, when we were in person and I um, yeah I was like oh I uh, really enjoyed talking with him and I, I missed communicating with him regularly and so um, I was like hey I I think I'm interested in dating you and um, so we started dating and uh, long distance um, but this was my first relationship and I was um, I had a lot of hesitancies. I kind of felt like I had the brake on, like I had the gas on, but also my other foot was on the brake for most of the relationship. Um, it lasted a couple months. Um, and we, um, yeah, we would have like one video date a week and then we'd text a couple times a week. But I was transitioning and um, just really new to all of this. So um, uh, he's a great guy um, and we were able to meet up one time in person towards the end of our relationship. And um, and that actually was a point of confirming for me the hesitancies. Like, he is a great guy, loves the Lord, but just realizing, like, it wasn't the right relationship for me. Um, and so I broke up with him, which was really hard because I think another piece was he was really ready to get married and I wasn't. Um, and, um, and so that was really hard. Uh, I remember when I broke up with him, I was thinking, like, all of the breakup songs are about, like, like especially the ones sung by girls are about girls that like broke up with jerks um, because they were and like but I broke up with him and he was a great guy and there was it wasn't like something bad in the relationship it just wasn't the right relationship mm -hmm. and so um, yeah and I've gone on like a couple dates other than that um, but yeah that's kind of my my history so a couple months with a guy we and we we talked a little bit about marriage, but decided to put it on the shelf until later. Um, but, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to take a moment and just say, like, thank you for sharing. I, I think one thing, um, if you're listening to this podcast, that you might be able to hear in our voices is that it's actually really hard to talk about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's very deeply personal, and there's a lot of... Um, there can be wounds, even if it is from like a, a relationship that was really positive and healthy, like a uh, dating relationship that was really positive and healthy. It's still, it, uh, uh, I'm choking on my own spit. Um, um, it's a, even if it's a really positive relationship, a positive breakup, it still like hurts, you know? Um, and so I just want to thank you ladies for being here um, and sharing that stuff with us those those relationships with us um but something that we all each talk about and something that we all face in life is that we are at one point or another in our lives single um True and so that. Like, mm -hmm. it is very much a reality yes at some point in your life you will be single maybe when you're six years old hopefully when you're six don't be dating at six that's bad um gosh i remember in elementary school like kids would like start dating and I'm oh, just yeah. like I had one that was my first boyfriend second grade wow absolutely it was it was serious what? it was like six months guys oh man you, you oh man there's then <laughs> I scared them off so <laughs> <laughs> um uh anyway I was the kid in elementary school being like that's a dumb idea 
Which I'm like, man, Nathan, were you really that cantankerous when you were like 10? <laughs> wow. I don't know if I should be impressed or sad for myself. Anyway, but what do you, uh, yeah, so what's your relationship um, or what's your experience of being single like? What are some of the difficulties that you've had with that or what are some of the positives that I've had with you've had with that? Well, I can go first on that one. I, um, up until I think I was like 20, was just like, ever since I realized that relationships and like marriage was a thing I was like I glommed onto this idea and I was like I want this for myself I want this for my life and so I ended up uh kind of like always having my eyes open and like seeing you know is there someone is this the guy is this the guy and really like gave into this whole idea of soulmates which can be a whole nother conversation um but really just like was was interested in all these young men and I think it really like um hindered my ability to like just be friends with guys and like casual acquaintances um but yeah I was uh single up until I was 18 officially um and like I said I was in those two relationships um but I, when I was, um, after that second unhealthy relationship, when the Lord invited me into intentional singleness, that ended up lasting two and a half years. Um, that was a lot longer than I thought. The first year was extremely difficult. Um, the second year was better, um, but it's not something I expected. And then at the end of the second year, the Lord specifically spoke to me and said, Anna, six more months of intentional singleness. And I was like, whoa, okay, God does things like this. <laughs> he He guides us and leads us to things like this that are just like not fun. But um, so I think that was definitely like one of the hardest seasons because I had to intentionally like force myself not to think about being in a relationship or at least try not to dwell on it too much. And um I think that was difficult, but it was also an opportunity to recenter and really um, learn to get to know about myself and find out what I enjoy, like outside of a dating relationship and who I am outside of being in a dependent relationship um, with a guy. Mm-hmm. I think there's two things I, I would really like to pick up on that you said. Mm-hmm. One was like, you know, um, having chosen to be single a number of times in my life, there's times where you choose to be single for the Lord, right? Um, and then there's times where you have to, there's a different phase of singleness where like the Lord is asking you to be single. Mm-hmm. And so, which is a very different sacrifice, actually, I feel like, oh, it's like, I can choose to do this. And he's like, well, no, can you choose to do what I say? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a there's um I think I've known some people that have chosen to be single, but then there's some people that I'm like that they've vocalized, well, God's asked me to be single, mm-hmm. and the weight is very different. You're right, That's and um, it's a very very difficult thing. The other thing that Anna said is like there is this cult there. I had the exact same mindset growing up of um, looking at basically all women as like potential part like wives essentially mm-hmm. oh is it this one? Oh, is it this one? Oh, is it this one um and it really changes your mindset 
um, when you opt to not date. Because it's like, well, this is not an option. And you think about those people very differently and things like that. And for my own relationship uh, or my own experiences with singleness, so like I, at the end of my relationship with that girl that was, uh, I had been dating for four years, a couple years later, I was just like falling apart. And I, uh, for a lot of reasons, I was falling apart for a lot of reasons. Um, and I chose to not date for two years um, and try to figure out my relationship with the Lord because it was not what I wanted it to be. Um, and so, which was really tough because during that two years, I went to Bible school and there's a ton of cute girls at Bible school. Um, and uh, I was at Bible school and uh, there was just a lot of attractive women at Bible school um, and a lot of really good girls that like there was they're very healthy they're very positive very spiritually uplifting but I was like I have chosen not to do this in this season um and then I also chose to be single a number of times and most of those times were out of like uh transition uh I really realized early on that when you're in transition like dating is actually a really bad choice um you because you have so many emotions going on during that transition and so i was like i shouldn't date and so i transitioned out of england and i was like okay i'm not going to date for six months i'm just not going to date um and uh not going to date and then i did the internship at kyle Alpha, and uh you are not allowed to date or not allowed to start a relationship while you're an intern. So if you're already in a relationship, and this changes from Chi Alpha to Chi Alpha, but the one that we were at um, was like that. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. I was like 31 at this age um, when I did the internship. And then after that, it was just like four or five years of just changing place to place to place to place. And I was just like, and I emotionally just got like more and more like, depressed and heavy and it was just more and more difficult so it was like I should not date I really should not date um and um really understanding that I needed friendships more than a romantic relationship yeah um and needing that kind of support rather than like trying to like the biggest temptation I think I have is is similar to Anna, like that sense of loneliness that she talked about. Um, but also, like it feels good to be in a relationship, and that's actually kind of misleading because it's not always good. Just because it feels good doesn't always mean that it's good. And so, um, really trying to stay away from that and trying to get like healthy emotion, like peer to peer relationships. Um, mostly with guys, um, for me and trying to like get those set, um, before launching into a romantic relationship. Um, cause yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of my story with singleness, lots of loneliness mm -hmm. and also understanding that loneliness and we'll get a little bit more into loneliness later, but also understanding that loneliness is not solved by another person. That was a big that was a big realization I had. It was like, wow, my best friend Miles, I can feel incredibly lonely around Miles. So I guess people don't solve it. And so 
understanding that um, a romantic relationship wasn't a solution for that. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit ahead of us. Um, yeah. How about you, Hope? Yeah. Well, actually, I love talking about singleness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, oh, she's so positive. <laughs> <laughs> Tired to be sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, well, if you remember from our first conversation, our first question, uh, I have been not single for about less than six months of my whole life. So I've been single for quite a long time, um, for quite a majority of it. But I think one thing was just starting, like, my parents got married later. My mom was 27, my dad was 32, and actually have quite a few family members um, that got married later. And so um, I think that was part of it and saw, um, I grew up with my parents in ministry and saw a lot of um, single women in ministry for like their whole lives and just seeing um, them uh, just living really full lives as single women. Um, and so I think I'm really thankful for that. And um, and I, I think from, I don't remember at what age, but at some point I just like was like, well, the purpose of dating is to get married. So I decided on my own, my parents didn't really have like a rule about dating or not dating, but I decided, well, I doubt I'm going to find the guy I'm going to marry in high school. So I'm not going to date in high school. Um, just kind of decided that on my own. Um, and uh, and then, so I remember, though, when I graduated from high school, and I was like, oh, I can date now. Like, it was just my own rule. Um, and so I was kind of like, oh. I mean, I, did, I had crushes a lot. I was that girl that regularly had crushes throughout my life. But um, I remember kind of going into college like, oh, I can date now, like, and, and looking, and I would have crushes, and then they would kind of uh, just, I would like, meh, no, not the right one. Um, and um, But I remember in college, it felt like everybody around me was dating, which is so not true. I lived with, I had like a lot of roommates and that were, and friends that were single for much or most of college. But um, yeah, I, I remember it. that was kind of hard at points, although I had really positive friendships um, that really helped with that. But uh, I think one of my um, view of singleness was really, like, really grew in a positive way was when I, like Nathan mentioned, the internship with Kyle um, And I was like, okay, I'm not allowed to start dating this year. And so it was like a year of, like, committed to singleness and I'm not going to look. And I just remember feeling so free. Like, I think I'd been feeling this weight since the beginning of college of, like, I need to be looking for a relationship. And it was so nice to be like, I can't date this year, so I don't have to feel any pressure about it. And I lived in our women's Kalfa house with like 14 other gals. And I think three of them were in a relationship. So most of them were single. And it was just so positive, like um, getting to uh, just build relationships um, with these gals that I lived with and other gals in our ministry and um, and also have really positive relationships with the guy interns and um, and um, different like male students in our ministry or um, male pastors and just really positive relationships. And I didn't have the pressure of looking for a relationship. Um, and uh, yeah, and then it was about a year or so after that internship, that's when I had that dating relationship. And, um, and it was also when I was transitioning, like Nathan mentioned, transitioning and dating at the same time is really hard. And I think one thing I realized was I had just been kind of lonely. Um, and I remember when I, when I broke up 
with my boyfriend and I was like, wow, I can fully invest now in this new town I've moved to. Like I, um, especially dating long distance, I was like, well, I'm, if this relationship keeps going, I might move, um, in like a couple years. So, but when I broke up, I was like, whoa, I'm here and I can Mm -hmm. fully invest here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think like, there are so many beautiful things in singleness. Um, I have some great, like, family members and friends that are married and have kids and I see the beauty in those things but I also see like the things that I get to do because I'm single I've moved a lot I've had four different driver's license since college um because of how that's many a, states I've lived thing. in it, it's so cool mm-hmm. because I can just move I don't have to worry about my significant other like what's his job like I was thinking about the paperwork for getting a driver's license yeah <laughs> I mean that's not fun but but the getting to just move and travel and experience and like um and I I love living in community houses. I love living with with other women, and I get to do that, and it's so exciting. Um, and um, and so I think there's a lot of beautiful things in that, and um, and just like a lot of things I can dream about. And I there's so much space to invest in friendships um, that I've just been so blessed by. Um, and but I think I mean there are lots of periods of loneliness. I think one thing is. Um, I mean, I have great friends, but sometimes you're like, man, I just want a significant other. So like when I'm like, when I'm lonely, like that can be that person or like, you know, like there's definitely times of even with friends that they're busy and stuff. And you're like, man, sometimes I have this feeling of if I had a significant other, like that would be my person. Like I could always just count on, but it's like, like, you know, it's been said already, um, that, that doesn't like relationships of any kind don't solve our our loneliness um and um yeah and I think um I think now I'm more in a place where I'm like oh I'm like more ready to be married um but the Lord hasn't promised that to me and so I'm like okay Lord if that's what you have for me I love that if you're calling me to lifelong singleness okay like I'm going to trust you to provide the relationships of friendships and family, um, both like single friends and married friends. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Ladies, if you have more questions about singleness, I love talking about it. So come that find me. That is true. I love it. <laughs> Um, so we've all kind of mentioned this topic of like loneliness and what loneliness feels like and what our experience with it is. And like, yeah, I kind of want to just elaborate on, take some, a moment to elaborate on those feelings and I don't know, like what our relationship is with it. Um, well, I mean, there are definitely times at night where I just cry, like as I'm going to bed because it's just like the loneliness hits me. And I mean, that's one of the hard things about moving around a lot, um, is it's just hard to like set down roots or I have you know I have friends here but also like have friends that are farther away and um I think loneliness is just a part of um living in a, a world that is broken by sin um and um feeling left out and feeling like alone like different things um uh, I'm pretty extroverted and and so there's definitely times where I'm like, okay, all the people around me are, are needing to introvert, and what do I do? Like, how do I engage them? Uh, I think one thing, as I've moved a lot throughout my life, is that the Lord is very consistent. Um, and there are definitely times where, like, God, I appreciate you, but I want, like, a physical person here as well. Um, and and we can be honest with him about that, and that's okay. Um, but I think, 
yeah, I don't know. I just like talking to the Lord about it and, and seeing that it's a reality, um, that we experience. Um, but I think, um, yeah, sometimes when I'm lonely, like I realize I'm waiting for somebody to initiate with me and I need to go and initiate with a friend because mm-hmm. maybe they're just waiting for someone to initiate with them. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've learned is that, um, man, it feels really good to be initiated with and there's like risk in it being the one who initiates, but someone's got to do it. And, and like, why can't it be me? Mm-hmm. So some thoughts. Yeah, I think um, one thing I... I, I believe about loneliness is it's very different for some people. Um, so like I've known people, I think hope is one of those, these people, like they tend to have a very strong family life. Like they're very close to their family, very, um, connected. And, um, I really do think that they experience loneliness from different from myself. So, uh, like I love my family. I love my parents, but we're not very connected. Um, we, and that's just the way it's been since I was a kid. Like we don't talk about stuff. My parents and I talk more now than we did when I was a kid about real things. But part of my feeling, my personal feelings with loneliness are like probably born out of like a family unit that was just not very equipped to like facilitate that. Um, and facilitate a a sense of belonging. And so part of our, I think a part of our feelings of loneliness can be stronger or lesser based on like our upbringing. I do think that, and I really do believe, and this was probably the most enlightening thing for me, uh, was really just realizing how much it is just my perception of being lonely more than my actually being alone. and similarly, I would like kind of going off of some stuff that Hope has said, um, like I do think that there's a lot of positives to being single. Like they're kind of, some of them are kind of like trivial, I we might say, but like, you know, if I was married, I could not play video games. <laughs> I'm like, I would not be able to play them. That that would just not be a thing. I probably wouldn't have a nice two-hour morning where I can just sit and stare at a wall for two hours. <laughs> do you uh, really do that? I mean, two hours is a bit of a stretch, but there are days where that happens. It's wow. it's delightful. Anyway, <laughs> um, but you know, like having ample quiet time, like I wouldn't be able to have that. Um, I'd. Um, I wouldn't, and I do wonder sometimes, like I read a lot of people who chose to be single for the whole of their life. I read a lot of them. I, I don't know how this happens. It just happens. They're the ones that interest me the most. Um, monks and nuns are just celibate their whole life and they're just like, coolio. <laughs> or the like 1600s equivalent of coolio. Um, some of them are from 380. Anyway, um, but uh, Jesus was single, mm. and there you go. Boom. He also died at 33, so he kind of got out. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> but like talking about like the spirituality, like I see um, like these really really strong Christians who are just they don't lament being alone. Mm. And I, I remember reading uh, "Chasing the Dragon." 
um, which is a book we read here at Chi Alpha OSU, um, where uh, there's this woman, her name is Jackie Pullinger, she's a missionary to China, and she specifically says, I was walking one day and praying and thanking God that I was single. And she's just like, I'm very happy to be single. Um, I think of St. Francis of Assisi, who's a guy, so I sometimes can connect it with him better. Um, and he's just like, I'm, there's a level of jo- just joy in being with the Lord and being committed in that way to him. And so I do wonder if the Lord like provides us with a life of singleness in order to cultivate our relationship with the Lord. But I do th- feel that kind of going back to, you know, looking at everybody as a prospective, like, spouse. Um, If I do notice this, that I never, I've actually had friends who come into contact with a girl. When I mean contact, I mean, they've like, are like, oh man, that's a really cool girl. And then I'm no longer friends with them, basically. Not because they hate me, not because I hate them. It's like, well, no, now I'm putting all my focus into this relationship. And I'm like, looking around, kind of like, well, Where'd my friend go? And so, and that happens very, very regularly. And that's, I think, a very unique challenge. This is my perception. Girls, ladies, correct me. Um, But, like, one of the things that's hard about loneliness for men is that I know one guy, I think, who is my age, who's single. And he just a month ago got out of a relationship, a two-year relationship. And so there's this level of like no one most of the guys I most of the guys I I know I encounter are in a phase of like well I'm looking mm-hmm. I'm not like long term dedic- long term single like that my goal is to not be single um and I've met only a few people who are a few guys who are very good at being good friends and married yeah. Very, very few guys. I My observation is that um, a lot of women tend to be much more like, uh, oh, I'm married, but like I'm still connected to my friends who are girls, you know, and I think part of that might be just time. You know, it's like, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, like it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of the kids, but I'm going to invite this friend over and we're, we're going to spend time together. But then also I know a lot of more women who are single who are just single and that's, that's what they are. Um, I mean, that's not what they are, but they're single. Um, and they've been that long term and they have like communities of people that are that age. And so for a guy, particularly myself, I think, who's like emotionally connected and highly relational, it's incredibly challenging because one, it's hard to find just guys who are relational and emotionally connected. Yeah. And most of them are like, man, I really want to get married because I'm relational and emotionally connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and so that's a, that's been a lot of my struggles with loneliness is, um, is really just like m- managing those things and understanding like how does the Lord want to meet me in that loneliness. St. Antonio's Desert, who I quote all the time. 
Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Locked himself in a tomb for seven years at the age of 21, I think. Seven years. And he was just like, I'm seeking the Lord in a tomb. Wow. I I don't remember the logic of the tomb, but, but then, and he spent the whole of his life in like high degrees of isolation for most of his life. And I'm like, how... How do you do that? And part of it is, is like, I actually, I really don't know how. Because he, like, was hardcore. That guy was super hardcore. Like, Trappist monks. Okay, so a Trappist monk lives in a community, but that community doesn't speak. But you're still in a community. This guy was just like, yeah, I'm going to live in a tomb. Wow. And a guy's going to bring me bread and water once a week. And I'm just like, I don't know how. But I do think that the Lord... um, I think we live in a culture that's not open to the notion that God can use us in singleness. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I, yeah, yeah. And it's a fixation on our own desires rather than a fixation on like, what can God do with my life? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. It's good. So uh, one thing that I... (laughs) <laughs> definitely had to learn at a point in my life is uh, while one is single, uh, one actually should interact with those of the opposite sex in a different way. Mm. Um, partic- and it, and this does depend a little bit on your context, I think, like whether you're single and wanting to find like someone to date and be with versus like, hey, I'm single and I'm just going to stay single for now for this season or long term. Um, and that was a really interesting learning curve for me. So I went to Bible school and I was like, I'm not dating, but I started finding out that girls actually liked me and I was 28. I don't know how that happened. I, I hit my peak at 28 or something like that. I don't know. Um, and, um, I was like, it took me probably a year to realize I was like, Nathan, you actually can't be as emotionally vulnerable with a girl because they start liking you. And unless you're ready to invest on that level, you need to, you know, protect that part of you, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's for their safety. It's not just for yours. And it was actually quite selfish um, when I thought about it. It was like, I'm not being vulnerable for their sake. I'm being vulnerable for the attention, um, which is a huge, huge, huge distinction. It's vast. Um I personally think that, like, if you are a guy and and a girl, but from my male perspective, like, if you're a guy and you're wanting to get into a relationship, then you need to be making the choices, like, before you even start dating that are for their best interest, because that's literally what you're supposed to do the rest of your life. And if you don't start doing that at the outset, you're setting yourself up to fail long term. Mm -hmm. And so... One of the things was like, hey, I need to be emotionally appropriate. I need to, like, protect women from kind of themselves, honestly. And I don't mean that in a, like, mean way, but it's like, no, like, emotions just happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've met a lot of guys who, who are, like, really candid with women, but they're not candid with their guy friends. And I'm like, you are, like your relationship's going to fail because yeah. you actually only know how to be vulnerable for yourself selfishly because you like the attention that girls give you. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's a it's a really it was something I really had to grow in, and also how much attention I gave to um, girls, like which wasn't necessarily inappropriate in the strict sense of it, but it was like, oh, I'm starting to notice something here in that that person, and I need to be mindful of that and like navigate around it, while at the same time not being a jerk, mm-hmm. which. So, so yeah, what do you girls think about um, appropriate boundaries and like how to engage the opposite sex while you're seeking or not seeking a relationship? So yes, Anna, <laughs> good job of raising the hand. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. We learned this in staff meeting, always raise the hand. Um, so I think something I've struggled with in the past is um, enjoying male friendships over female friendships because mm-hmm. it's it gives it gave me um more of this uh exciting like oh i'm getting attention from a guy um and feeling almost more comfortable in that and uh being really afraid to be seen by women um and i think part of that was i really believed and i had experienced that women can be mean and um men can be as well but um because we're all uh, broken people, um, but I think the beauty that I've really something in my singleness that God really, really, really encouraged me to do is seek out female friendships, and it was the hardest thing. I was living in a house, same house Hope was talking about, fourteen other gals, and I honestly didn't want to talk to any of them and just wanted to go hang out at the guy's house because I felt more comfortable there. Um, but uh, the more that I've had the experience of being um, friends with women. Um, I think, honestly, like, my friendship with Hope, we lived together in the same community house, um, really, like, forcing myself to be vulnerable with girls, like, forcing myself to ask them out to coffee. Like, it was not comfortable at first, and it was honestly really hard. Um, And intentionally choosing women over men. Mm-hmm. Um, intentionally choosing that and that took a lot of discipline and also took a lot of people like or friends like closer friends like keeping me accountable to that because um, that's just something I intended to turn to was relationships with guys when I felt emptier I felt like I needed some void filled um, yeah so I have two brothers and um, so I think one thing for me is just like is seeing um like guy friends as brothers which it's different I can like um my boundaries with my brothers looks very different than boundaries with guys like with guy friends um and like you know I can because they're they're my brothers and there's no that's like a very special relationship but having this sort of sense of like oh these are our brothers um Mm -hmm. um kind of I think that's really been helpful for me um and and I think like the way I want to care for them and um, and stuff like that. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think something that came out from what Nathan was talking about and, like, just that idea of, like, being more vulnerable with close female friends than I am with close mm-hmm. guy friends. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, I can, I have some close 
male friends like Nathan and I, we talk about, I go to him for guy advice a lot. Um, <laughs> and That's a state of friendship right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's Nathan, so how do I handle this? But, but there's, but we also like set clear boundaries in our friendship. And, um, and I make sure that I mm-hmm. am, I'm really caring for Nathan and the things I talk about. Because I've had a guy before that was like, talking to me like we were friends at this point and he was like oh I've been thinking about the kind of guy you should date and and he we talked a lot about I was single at this point and he was just a friend and he talked a lot about my like potential future relationships or things like that and it started to like stir up in me like feelings for him that Mm -hmm. um it really like impacted me emotionally and I I don't want to ever do that to somebody else Mm. um, of stirring up emotions that kind of like infatuation or or just that when you get emotionally close to somebody like that um, that in when it's not like someone you're dating or someone you're married to like but it's a that's a person of the opposite sex um, that's that's not healthy and you know, we talk a lot in when people are dating about being cheated on, and usually it means like physically cheated on, but emotional cheating is just as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same way, thinking about that with singleness, of I want to be really thoughtful about the kinds of conversations I have with someone of the opposite sex. And mm-hmm. I am thankful for really some really good male friends um, in my life, um, and like just I go to them for advice about guys sometimes or I can talk with them about a lot of different things but I'm also really thoughtful about what things I don't talk with them about and I you know I'm like okay I can talk with them about these things but if it crosses over into this category I'm gonna go talk to a female friend about it like I'm not going to have that conversation with a guy um and um I think too like just checking myself because sometimes like with if I'm in a season where I'm like okay, I'm not, like, it's not intentional singleness. And I'm like, okay, like, if God brings a guy along, like, I could date. And I get stuck in that thing of, like, looking at, like, oh, what about that guy? What about that guy? And that's, we don't need to, like, you know, overly Mm. police our thoughts. But I think just being really thoughtful about that, making Mm. sure that that's not impacting, like, I'm not seeing that guy as just a potential, like, Mm -hmm. person to date. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, like, you know, when that thought comes in, like, okay, I think it's okay to, to, to look and consider, but then to really see them as a whole person and see them as a friend um, mm. and to not get sidetracked on that. So I think mm. I need to, like, really, I have to work to, like, okay, think about my own thoughts and making sure that um, I'm seeing these guys as friends um, and really investing in my female friendships. Um, so um, I think also, like, like, that idea of physical, like, physical boundaries um i want to be really thoughtful about that um for my own heart and also for my guy friends um uh and it kind of what that looks like depends on the guy a little bit i think there's some clear boundaries um and uh like that i'm really careful about like but I think, you know, some some guys I feel comfortable giving a hug to, others I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel okay not giving a hug to a guy if that doesn't feel like a comfortable relationship for me mm-hmm. to do that in. Um, but um, I think I also, like, I'm a physical touch person, and so I'm really cautious. I'm really thoughtful mm-hmm. about, okay, like, I might touch 
Anna on the shoulder a bit, and I might briefly touch a close guy friend on the shoulder, but I'm careful that that doesn't, like, that it's not, like, long or anything like that. Like, um, just being really thoughtful about that for Mm -hmm. my own heart and for Mm -hmm. my guy friend. Um, Yeah. yeah. I think something to bring up from what Hope is saying is, uh, so, like, Hope and I are friends, Mm -hmm. like, and she asked me about boys, which is, like, (laughs) honestly a state of relationship. (laughs) Like, when a guy and a girl can talk about, like, other potential relationships, you've officially achieved something. And it's actually a really great thing, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself personally, that is actually, like, the safest place for me, like, when I'm, like, interacting with a girl because I'm like, okay, we've officially got there, mm-hmm. and now we can just openly talk about things, and <laughs> we know where everything is. Um and but like to contextualize like my friendship with hope it we've known each other for two and a half years and hope and i like we didn't we never had a dtr never had it um we slowly we knew we were going to be around each other a lot and so we just slowly allowed things to happen like happen as friends and we allowed that relationship to grow (laughs) and eventually one day (laughs) eventually one day a guy asked her a thing i don't remember what it was and she's like nathan what did i do i was like oh yes we've (laughs) we've achieved it (laughs) and that was a year that was last year i think i don't remember i've talked i've come to you for guy advice a lot so i don't remember (laughs) at this point which conversation it was i mean part of it and so it's like, oh, well, how does that how does that happen? And it's like it's mostly like Hope and I spent a lot of time together in the same space. As yeah, cuz we've been working on the and same Kyle team. We've been we're on the same years, team. So. And so we spent like, oh gosh, probably a few hours in the same room working yeah. in various capacities yeah. and working on things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just sort of emerged and I actually think that's one of the healthiest ways for it to happen. Yeah. I think DTR is really like reserved for like I'm really confused. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hope or I were really confused. We were just patient. Yeah. Because we didn't want to, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, but there was one time where I was, I just wanted to make sure, because I come to Nathan a lot mm-hmm. for guy advice. And so one day I was like, hey, Nathan, I just want to check in. Is it okay? Like mm-hmm. our conversations about this. Yeah. Like we're, we're friends. There's, there's not yeah. like interest in either yeah. of us dating each other. Like we're friends, and I just want to make sure that I'm respecting mm-hmm. the emotional boundary in yeah. in a opposite sex mm-hmm. friendship. Um, and so we, I, I had that conversation, and it was a little awkward to bring up. It felt a little mm-hmm. awkward at first, but um, we'd been friends for like two years at that point, and I had something like many that, yeah. conversations about guys. But I think that's something that, like, just to put that out there, mm-hmm. like we had that, and I, it was just me checking in. Hey, is this mm-hmm. okay? Is this yeah. within both of our boundaries? Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I guess that is in a way a DTR, but like, but I think that was like a, a check-in. Yeah, it was a check-in. It was like, but it, it really just, I think the big emphasis I, I think I would say about that is like just the amount of patience both yeah. of us just employed to allow it to become that. Mm-hmm. And now what's really nice is that I can actually be a little bit more emotionally transparent with hope. Mm-hmm not like totally emotionally transparent she's not like my primary go-to for emotional things um but she like i can be a little bit because i'm 
I'm a very transparent person and I'm a very emotionally transparent person. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm not provoking things. And so Johanna and I have also been friends for a number of years. I don't know how that happened. That <laughs> we've, but like Joe and I like talk about a lot of heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. I've talked about a lot of heavy stuff. And it just sort of emerges. It's about spending time with the person appropriately. It's allowing things to evolve. It's seeing what's going on in yourself. And it's like, oh, I'm starting to notice things happening in me. Um, and like maybe I need to create some distance for myself to keep this person safe. Um, and yeah, I was going to say, oh, physical boundaries. Okay. Physical boundaries. Let's get real here. Yeah. No, I'm, I have no idea. I don't have that much to say. Anyway, but um, I am actually of the opinion that it's, um, there was a time in my life where I openly said this in front of 180 peers. Uh-oh. I was like, and I have changed. So if any of those friends are listening now, they'll be like, oh, Nathan's grown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I literally was like, don't touch people of the opposite sex. Like, I was very, very, like, about that. Largely and understandably, that was actually not wrong, but it wasn't altogether right at the same time. So, like, the thing was, was that particularly when I was younger, like, touching in any capacity a girl, like, I'm, like, I literally asked a girl out in part because she touched me. Like, not inappropriately, but she touched me on the arm, and I was like, I've known you for 10 minutes. I was like, oh, she might be interested. And I actually thought she was cute, and it ended in disaster. But this is my life, guys. Um, and uh, But, like, it does provoke feelings in people and things like that. Now I'm actually more of the opinion. It's like, if it's appropriate like if that is the kind of relationship I have and that person is not going to interpret things a certain way, it's okay. And I do. So like my Cape and Ray friends, I hug all of my Cape and Ray friends. I see them. They're wonderful, delightful people. And I want to hug them. So I hug them. Um, and that's, and that's appropriate, but like, I'm a little bit more cautious with, um, uh, with, um, other with other women like with people i've just met and so it's very case by case it's also knowing why you want to touch the person Mm, like why do you want to hug this person is it because you have feelings for them in which case you should probably be resolving those first and figuring out that physicalness it it creates feelings it creates feelings and be careful with feelings Feelings are not bad. Feelings are God-made, but we have to know how to use them. Yeah. I think one thing, too, from, like, uh, seeing what Nathan was saying um, is be aware that, like, what, like, a, like, a touch, like, physical contact might not mean, like, you know, putting your your hand on somebody, a guy's arm or Mm -hmm. vice versa. It might not mean anything to you, but it might Mm. mean something to them. So be aware Mm -hmm. that, like, just because like a hug maybe feels totally innocent mm-hmm. to you, it might really mean something to mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being really thoughtful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think just in general, in all of our friendships, some people physical touch is really mm-hmm. like really hard. Like I have mm-hmm. a number of friends that they don't mm-hmm. like being hugged for various mm-hmm. reasons. Like they love a hug, but 
like having someone touch them unannounced without their permission is really not mm-hmm. okay. And so I think we just want to be really thoughtful in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, thinking specifically with opposite sex is being aware of like, that might not mean anything to me, but it might mean something to them. And mm-hmm. it might mean communicate more. Um, and and so I want to be really thoughtful. And I think definitely waiting till you're further into that friendship mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or kind of testing it out. You know, I have some guy friends that they're also big huggers. And so I feel totally fine giving them a hug, like every mm-hmm. time I see them. Um, and I have other guy friends that it's not the same case with them, but that like, so I don't give them a hug very often and but it doesn't like and that's that feels okay for that relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 just yeah really just being mindful that like what you do does create feelings and at the same time like you can be yourself so like i i know a lot of girls who are really really just they're genuinely just friendly people and I don't want them to not be friendly, but guys keep asking them out literally all the time because they're just so friendly. And um, I'm like, I feel bad because I'm like, you're just such a nice person. I kind of want them to just leave you alone a little bit. Um, and yeah, and so it's like, it's we're not trying to create a sense of paranoia about who you are, but at the same time, like being conscientious about it. And so, yeah. Anna, did you have anything you wanted to say about it? Uh, yeah, just one thing. Actually, so Nathan preached a really good sermon at our winter hideaway. And afterwards, I was just so deeply touched by it. I kind of wanted to go up to him and give him like a side hug just to show him that it mm. meant so much to me. Mm. But what I decided to do is I walked up to him and I chose not to touch him. And I mm. chose to look in his eyes and say, thank you for that sermon. And that was it. Um, and so I think that that was a conscious choice that I mm. made. Like, mm. I don't think Nathan and I have ever hugged. We're like, no, I always stay two arms length away from you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's COVID. It's the same. You have to have, you have to double the length. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, just wanted to give that example of like, that's kind of like what it looks like for us as staff members to honor each other. Mm. But yeah, too, if you guys have questions about, you know, mm-hmm. about that, we're, we're mm-hmm. here for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, oh, one last thing. Um, So because, like, so in my family, um, like, I have my brothers, my dad, and, like, uncles, grandparents, grandpas, things like that. There's a lot of, like, from really close guys in my life, there's, like, it's a very teasing relationship. Mm. Um, And so that's something I have to be careful about. Um, And I I think there have been times where... I, I'm just kind of a very friendly person and I mm. tend to tease guys and I have to be careful that I'm not like, I just have to be thoughtful about it mm. because sometimes flirting is fun mm. and we need to be, but I'm like, I'm not actually interested in that guy. And so even though it's fun mm. to have that friendly teasing banter mm-hmm. and it's not bad, I just, I'm like thoughtful about that. Yeah. Um, That's good. And so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if any other gals out there listening also enjoy flirting, but let's let's be thoughtful about it yeah. for, um, and you know, and I think there's ways to do it healthily and mm. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. and I would say like, kind of tying it back to what we were talking about, like you you um, teasing people, like that's your personality. Part of it is it's it's just Hope's personality. She teases people. That's what she does. She heckles me literally all the time. It goes both ways. (laughs) 
It hurts more some. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, like, like Hope and I are teasing each other right now. Yeah. Like, you know. um, and it's part of her personality. But at the same time, she's, she's, she doesn't stop teasing people. She's just conscientious about it. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are kinds of flirting that I do think yeah. are like, you know, no, you just need to tame that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I that's just suggestive on every level. Yeah. Um, but like teasing, it's just like she literally does it with everybody. <laughs> and so, and I think that's that's a sign of it being your personality. Mm-hmm. Like those girls that are friendly, they're literally friendly with everyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Or those guys, man. Some guys are just super just, friendly. They, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean they like you. Yeah. Sorry. And so, no, it's great. No, I was saying and sorry so, to the guys. So, like, I, I just kind of wanted to give you some context for, like, what it could be, like, you're, we're not trying to temper your personality at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah, sometimes the things I just do, I need to be mindful of. But it's not that it's bad, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, last question. What kind of myths mm-hmm. do you see about uh, being single in our culture? And how have you coped with those myths i'll I'll actually go first um one of the myths i mean this is the obvious myth that being single is bad yeah like i mean that's the biggest myth i think um i know gosh seriously like being being 36 particularly in my early 30s this was a big thing like i would go to a church and like or be at my church and people were like oh like are you married and i'm like no it's like why are you not married? Maybe I have reasons. Um, And so, and then there's like a lot of questions that exist within that of like, well, why is he not dating? And like most of those are not accurate reasons. Um, And uh, there's like a level of like, you should be married. I think that it's like being single is wrong, especially like, I feel like that. I feel that especially in the church community. And it's like, being married is good, but the Lord does call people to be single, and it's about obeying the Lord more than it is about obeying culture and stuff. Some of those people are genuinely well-intending, though. Um, how I cope with it, how do I cope with it? A lot of it is, is just accepting that people don't understand. So, yeah. yeah. What do you ladies think? I think in girl culture, especially growing up in like as a teenager and then even as a like a young woman, um, there's a lot of conversations about dating. There's a lot of like, oh, he was cute or like that kind of banter all the time. Or what did you think? Or, um, oh, do you like him? Or that kind of thing. And just a lot of conversations around that. And I think I ended up kind of making that an idol growing up and talked Mm -hmm. about it a lot with my friends and it wasn't healthy in the long run. And so, um, just want to encourage like you girls out there, like do things that you love, go out and do things you enjoy with gals, but almost maybe like intentionally try to avoid talking about guys and talking about dating. Like, obviously if you need to talk about it, do it, but I, I don't know. I just think there's so much more to life mm. as a young woman mm-hmm. um, that we get to live out and enjoy rather than just finding our man. And I think another thing with that is that um, Jesus loves you like right now, whether you are in a relationship with someone or not, and you are valuable either way. And I think we as women just really need to hear that. Um, that we're not more valuable if we're married or if we have kids, um, that we're valuable 
right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think one that I hear sometimes in um, in the church actually is that, like, um, I think it's like they're trying to like encourage you in being single but they talk about like man if you're single like you you just have so much more time which i think there's two things in that right like if Mm. you're if you aren't married with kid like if someone who's married with kids they Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. a a lot of people in their family that they Mm -hmm. are i mean if you if you have kids like those are Mm -hmm. like dependent beings that you have to care for right They, they can't you know like if you're married without kids like Okay, your spouse can, you know, like feed themselves. You know, you might cook for them or like things like that, but they can get themselves dressed and take their own shower and things like that. But I think like it can feel like, man, like single people, you guys have so much time on your hands. Like you should just be like, you know, you can just fully invest in the ministry. And I think there are unique things that you can do um, as a single person because you aren't, you know, like you're not having you don't have kids that you're taking care of um like if you're single without kids but I mean I live in a community house like I have roommates you know and I have friends and like it doesn't mean that I'm just like not doing anything I mean although like sometimes Mm. you can't especially the pandemic makes it feel like that yeah I think that's one Mm -hmm. I do think that like there is a level like Paul does say like you know if you're single you can dedicate more of yourself to the Lord Um, And I do think that's true. Like, I definitely, because I am single, I have more time to spend. Like, if I was not single, I would not be living at the Haven. That would, that would be, (laughs) my wife would not be happy. (laughs) Uh, I probably wouldn't be happy. But, um, you know, I, uh, I live at the Haven and that means that I actually am doing ministry. Mm -hmm much more often than other people. I can be used in different ways because I am single. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think with that too, if you are in a relationship or you're dating or you're married, that is another way to honor God and Mm -hmm. to worship God is Mm -hmm. by loving that person. And so I do think that dating and marriage is kind of like a ministry. So kind of going off of what you're saying, Nathan, I do do agree with what Paul says, but I also do think Mm -hmm. that there is a lot of self-sacrifice and a lot of refining that mm-hmm. happens to us when we're in relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of both yeah. both can be healthy yeah. and good. Mm-hmm. But I think what I hear you saying is that there's just mm-hmm. there's just a lot more time to dedicate mm-hmm. to yeah. men specifically, particularly in your life. Does that mm-hmm. sound? Yeah. Right? And I, th- I think also talking about what Hope was saying, you know, people have this assumption. I think that's an oversimplification of, like, the situation. I was like, Mm -hmm. when was the last time you were single? You've been married for 30 years. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything about being single. You're in college. like, And, like, there's that feeling. And at the same time, there is this oversimplification of people who are married. It's like, well, they don't feel lonely and stuff like that. I was like, no, actually tons of married people in good relationships feel lonely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've i've known oh i'm not going to struggle with pornography if i get married it's like no i know a ton of guys who are christians solid christians and they're like i still struggle with lust and pornography and like it's terrible on my marriage and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i think hey, oh, oh go for it last thought last is thought. um i think one of the beautiful things of singleness is just seeing how rich our friendships can be um our ri- friendships with the same sex and appropriate friendships with the opposite sex like there's so much mm. rich relationship in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and singleness 
your time of singleness. Like we said at the beginning, like everyone's single at some point in their life. You're born single. So, um, but it's such a rich time to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't miss out on that because it's good. Mm-hmm. Anna, do you have a last closing thought? I do not. You do not. Okay, then we're going to go to the out. Okay, I'm going to close this out, which, uh, hey, thanks for being with us. Um, we really hope that you've been blessed by this conversation. Um, we really hope that you learn um, that it's not taboo to be single or something to be ashamed of. Um, and also, if you are struggling in like the position of being single, like we'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, we hope that all of you have a great week, and God bless you. Bye.